Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Welcome to the podcast. We are going to be talking today about what to do when you're doing everything right, but the scales just won't budge. It's an incredibly frustrating place to be. And I get messages pretty much every single week on Instagram with people saying, what the heck did I do? I'm doing everything right. So let's get into what to do in that situation. I'm going to share with you some of the common mistakes that people make, how to assess whether you genuinely are doing everything right, that it's going to lead to weight loss. And then we're going to go through the six steps to get that weight budging again. And this is going to be just a bit of a starting point for you. I feel like a lot of people kind of come to this conclusion that they're doing everything right and Uh, they're not seeing weight loss and therefore they're broken or their body is somehow unfixable, they've got a broken metabolism and that is simply not true. I can tell you that right now there is a legitimate scientific knowable reason as to why your weight is not shifting and we're going to get into exactly what that is. So the very first place that we need to start in this instance is if the scales are not budging it's really assessing whether that is an accurate measure of your weight loss and from a day-to-day basis it just isn't. What you're looking for when the scales are going down is this downward trend over time but you're looking at that in weeks or in months. It's not in day-to-day Uh, kind of increments that you're going to actually see weight loss. It's going to look a little bit like a stock market or those kind of stock charts where you see on on one day the stocks have gone up higher, right? But then the next day they go down lower. It doesn't really matter what's happening with the stocks day to day because you're not in there as a day trader. You're in there for the long term and over time it's those I was going to say gains, but it's kind of the opposite. It's those losses that add up that you're really looking for. So first and foremost, if you're trying to do everything right, but you're only measuring the results of on the scales in a couple of days or even a week, then it's just not accurate enough to do that. Lemon motorbike. I don't know if anyone's seen this show. I'm sure some people listening have seen this show. There's this awesome British show and it's called The IT Crowd. It's very, very funny, very sarcastic. And there's so it, it follows these guys and they're in IT. And 
their kind of common way of fixing computers for the the corporation that they they work at, the company that they work at, is have you tried turning it off and on again? That's the kind of thing that they're always trying to figure out. Have you tried turning it off and on again? And this guy's got a Scottish accent. Oh, it's really funny. Like if you're into weird kind of very sarcastic British humor, you'll probably love it. Uh, anyway, so just thinking about whether the scales are actually accurate, if you're not seeing results, that's the, have you, t- have you tried turning it off and on again equivalent? It could be the simplest fix that would let you know that you actually are seeing results, but you're just not giving it long enough yet. So my recommendation is to give it at least a week of a consistent lifestyle or a consistent uh, kind of I'm doing it right way of eating whatever that apparently looks like for you we'll get into what that should actually look like later on in the episode give it at least a week if you have got quite a lot of weight to lose if you have got only the last 10 pounds to lose or you're trying to get just a little bit leaner you want to give that at least two weeks possibly even three before you assess that it's not working or not you also want to be looking at other methods of taking uh, or making sure that you're making progress that aren't related to the scales because the scales do fluctuate so much. And if you want to listen to an episode that I've done all about scale fluctuations, I'm going to link that in the show notes. In the description, I should say. I don't do show notes. Show notes are like these cool things that people put on blogs. And nah, it's just in the description. But these are things like taking your measurements, uh, taking uh, progress pictures, are my clothes fitting any better? Things like that. Those are going to be other methods that you can use to assess assess whether you are making progress. So to recap that, the scales aren't accurate on a day-to-day basis. You're looking for trends over time. So if you're doing everything right and the scale's not budging or it's going up and down all the time, it's probably because you just haven't given it enough time yet. So if you're doing everything right and you're giving it enough time to see that the scales really isn't budging, you're not losing weight, you're not getting any smaller anywhere, then let's have a look at what to do in that instance or what could be happening here. And the first thing that I need to get into is how weight loss works. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I always go on about it, but it's really important to use this as a starting point because this is the foundation for everything else to do with weight loss. And that is understanding that a calorie deficit is what relates, what results in fat loss. And this is where the calories coming into your body, the calories that you're eating, the calories that you are absorbing, they need to be less than the calories that you are burning. This is accepted science. There is no contesting this in the scientific community. There is no conclusions that you can come to about different weight loss studies or comparing keto to a high carb diet or anything else if you do not accept this law of thermodynamics that calories coming in must be less than calories coming out to create a calorie deficit. It is just it is just basic physics. It is not contested. 
One of the things to understand about this is that it doesn't automatically happen when you are quote unquote doing everything right. You could be eating really healthy, you could be uh, doing everything that you see me doing on Instagram or following books like The Starch Solution or How Not to Die and not automatically getting into a calorie deficit. So any kind of weight loss that you've experienced in the past was the result of being in a calorie deficit. Any time that you are not losing weight, it is simply because you are not in a calorie deficit. It does not mean that there is something broken in you or that there is something wrong. It just means that you are not in a calorie deficit. And if you have been on a weight loss journey for a while, it's really, really normal to get to a point where you're no longer in a calorie deficit. We typically call this a plateau and Almost every single person is going to reach a plateau before they are ready to stop losing weight. So you're in good company here. So a calorie deficit is always going to result in weight loss. So the goal of what you are doing in terms of trying to do everything right, it's really not about getting something right as opposed to being effectively getting you into a calorie deficit. And this is where I think it's important to understand the terminology because so many people will come and almost feel like they've been cheated because they are eating like me or they're eating like their favorite influencer. Apparently, it's very hard to actually know if you're doing those things just from looking on the snippets that you see on social media, but they will have done something similar to what they've read in a book or been promoted by someone, and because they're not in a calorie deficit, they're not losing weight, and they feel cheated by that because they feel like, well, I follow the rules, but I'm not seeing the results, and this is really important that we get away from this idea that right is going to lead to results or following the plan perfectly is going to lead to results. The only thing that leads to results is that calorie deficit. So the question is not, am I doing everything right? The question is, is what I'm doing effective and am I getting into a calorie deficit? And if the scale's not budging, then it's kind of irrelevant whether you think you're doing everything right or you're 100% whole foods plant-based. Like those are great things. Don't misunderstand me here that those aren't awesome things to be aiming for. But when it comes to weight loss, weight loss is about calories in, calories out. And there's so many nuances in that. That does not just mean that a calorie of Kit Kats is the same as a calorie from broccoli. It's not. It's not. There's less calories absorbed from broccoli. There's more fiber. There's more fullness that comes from that. There's more thycaloids that are going to help to stop fat absorption. There's so much that goes into this. But you still must be in a calorie deficit when it comes to losing weight. So we need to get away from this idea of trying to do everything right or expecting that simply by following rules, we are going to see results. And this, I'm so passionate about this because it really is what kept me stuck for more than a decade. And it, it's really what made me think that my metabolism was broken because I was convinced I was doing everything right and that I was following the various rules, but I wasn't actually seeing long-term results. It was only when I started to understand, okay, this is, this is really a lot less about me being like methodical and, you know, this kind of 
treating this as kind of almost like a religion where I, I had to follow the 10 commandments of raw veganism and much more about how do I do this in an effective way? What would be the easiest way to get into a calorie deficit, to lower the calories that I'm eating? So if you're not losing weight, you're not doing everything right because you're not in a calorie deficit if you've assessed that it's not something to do with the scales and it's just a lagging measure if you're genuinely not losing fat then it it's kind of it's not accurate to say that you're doing everything right because if you were doing everything right you'd be doing things effectively to get into a calorie deficit and I'm not saying that you're not doing as best as you can I'm not saying that you're not eating a ton of vegetables I'm just saying that you're not in a calorie deficit so the goal here is not about doing it right it's about getting into a calorie deficit and asking well if I'm not right now how can I shift things so that I will get there and that's what we're going to talk about So right and doing things right is almost irrelevant. What matters is, is it effective? Is it getting me into a calorie deficit? And we're all in the same boat here. And this is really important because I see a lot of people come through and I feel like I used to be this way myself where I had this real victim mentality and I wouldn't own that as my responsibility. I always thought there was something outside of my control that was making it especially harder for myself. As I've gone along and now I've lost 40 pounds and I've helped hundreds of other women lose it and also seen and talked to women who struggle with these same kind of things, I've realized that these problems are things that we all experience. There's no one that has a specifically unique problem. And just in general in the world, there's no one that hasn't been through something that you are going through right now. Weight loss is hard. Getting into a calorie deficit consistently is hard. And I think it's really helpful to kind of get out of this Uh, mentality that maybe it's specifically harder for your situation or because you haven't seen results yet or you've plateaued for a while that it it means that there's something specific about your situation that is stopping you from losing weight and most of the time it's because people think they need to eat a really really low calorie number to lose weight or that their metabolism is quote-unquote slower or more sluggish than someone else's. This is just not true, all right? There are things that are going to influence your metabolism, but most of those are actually in your control. Your metabolism is relatively fixed, all right? That's the amount of calories that you need to pump around your body in terms of like your basal metabolic rate. It's probably between 1,200 and 1,400 calories depending on how big you are. If you are a bigger person, you are have gonna you're gonna have a higher metabolism because there's simply more mass for your body to maintain. And then on top of your basal metabolic rate, you've got things like your uh, NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, and this can vary a lot between people. If you want to know more about NEAT and how you can use that to supercharge your results, then check out the description. I've got a podcast all about that. But this is the calories that you burn from things like fidgeting, dancing, moving around, anything that's not 
considered exercise but still contributes to movement. And this is one of the key differences that someone could have a much higher calorie burn than someone the same size of them. And it's really easy to look at it and be like, oh, you know, my metabolism's broken. Maybe you just don't move as much. On top of your basal metabolic rate and your NEAT, you've also got your uh, the thermic effect from food, and that's the amount of calories that it takes, or the amount of energy needed to burn the food that you are consuming through uh, metabolizing that, digesting that, all of that good stuff. And then you've also got your exercise activity thermogenesis, which has a cool little uh, an acronym, I think it's called. I can't even remember if that is actually how, if that's what it is, an acronym. I'm sure that's right. I just looked it up. It is acronym, not an acronym, acronym for exercise activity thermogenesis is EAT, which I find funny. I don't know if anyone else will find that funny. Uh, Send me a DM if you can't find that kind of thing interesting. And that's the amount of calories that you burn from exercise. And this one is actually normally a lot less than your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. If you think about the fact that you're probably only exercising for half an hour I mean, if you're really hardcore, maybe an hour a day, it's not going to take up as many calories as what how you're moving throughout your entire day. So that's kind of what covers your all of your calorie burn throughout the day. And where I was wanting to go with this is that really there's not a lot of variation between that basal metabolic rate that is going to mean that you have to eat drastically less calories than someone else. The things that are going to influence your calorie burn more is your non-exercise activity and really how big you are. Like that's going to be a big part of it as well. So mostly this is out of your control, but you have 100% control of what goes into your body in terms of the calories coming in. And you have a little bit of control of, over your exercise and your NEAT, which we will talk about at the end of the episode. So what I'm trying to get at here is that a calorie deficit is going to be specific for you. There's going to be variation in that based on your current situation in terms of what your body is like and your lifestyle, which includes all of those things that I mentioned, most of it being neat, right? So it's not the same and you might have to eat a couple of hundred calories less than someone else to lose weight. You might be able to eat more, right? But that exact number is going to change day to day. And really, it's not about an exact number. It's about eating less than you burn. So it's really important to understand this because it helps you kind of think about the fact that Doing everything right is not necessarily going to get you into a calorie deficit because your specific numbers might be different to other people. And there's two things that I really want to stress stress here. The, the, the first one being that it is an individual process. It's an individual process of experimentation and best practices to get into a calorie deficit. Like there's a great place to start. We know what that is. Uh, and I've talked about this so many times in my podcast, all my content, eating tons of veggies, eating whole foods, that's going to automatically lower the amount of calories that you're eating. But then from there, there's going to be some little tweaks and changes that you're going to need to make or possibly need to make as an individual to help get you into a calorie deficit. So that's the first thing that I need to stress there is that there's individual variations. And then the second thing that I need to stress with that is that the individual variations, while they exist, they're probably not as drastic as you think they are. 
or they don't have a, a, a really, really low lower limit. And what I mean by a low lower limit is that there's no one, there's no one who needs to eat a thousand calories a day to lose weight. Everyone can eat more than a thousand calories a day and lose weight because, okay, maybe unless you are, if you're like three foot listening, I shouldn't, I should be more inclusive than that. If you are three foot, then maybe that looks different for you. But if you are a regular sized human being, you are five foot to six foot or whatever it is or four foot five or whatever I don't know I don't know what would be considered regular size hear me out if you are an average kind of height if you are a human being then there's only so little calories that you're there's only so much efficiency that your body can have and it has a lower limit because it still has to keep you powered If you think about how efficient a car can be, we've got lots of things now that are helping cars be more efficient, that you're needing less and less fuel, and we've got electric cars and all that. But there's still a level of power that it takes to power a car. It's it's like there's a threshold at that lower level where it can't become more efficient than that. And a car is something that, I mean, possibly there are ways for it to become even more efficient than what we think is the lower limit. But when it comes to human beings, everyone's got skin that needs creating. Everyone's got a beating heart. Everyone's got, you know, movement. They're they're moving around. So it's, you, you do not need to assume. It is not based in scientific evidence. It is not based in statistics or what we know about averages to think that you would need to eat a thousand calories when someone else could eat 2000 calories. Even the averages of looking at how many calories women need to maintain their weight. I'm looking at a chart right now, which looked at the average calories needed to maintain weight. So this is not weight loss. This would be weight maintenance where the calories coming in are similar to the calories being burned. And that was on average 2,400 calories. All right, so that's across a group of people from about 17 to 90. It looked at over 300 women. And they looked at the differences in, you know, where people sat to get into a calorie deficit. So a calorie deficit was in this instance defined as 25% less calories than those maintenance calories. So let's do a little bit of quick maths here. If the average woman needs 2,400 calories, then you would minus 25%, which is 600 calories, to get 1,800 calories. So that would mean that to be in a 25% calorie deficit, then the average woman who would maintain their weight eating 2,400 calories a day would need 1,800 calories to be in a 25% calorie deficit. The lowest that they had to be in a calorie, a 25% calorie deficit was, I think at like 1% of those tested, was about 1,500 calories. So that's that's weight loss. That's with 25%. So 1% and no one needed less than that. This is really important to understand. No one needed less than that. I could be, it could be 1,400, but I'm pretty sure it's 1,500. It's definitely not lower than that. So if you think about 1,500 cal- calories and then we add 25%, which is 375, that's 1,875 calories. So in this study that looked at over 300 people, 
in ages ranging from teenager to very, very old. All different types of uh, body sizes and age groups and activity levels. The amount of calories that they needed on average was 2,400. And then 1% of those people had to eat 1,500 calories a day to lose weight. So I just want to say to you that you do not need to eat less than that to lose weight. It is not based in science to think that you need that. And now this is the part where a lot of people are going to say, well, I've tracked and I'm still not losing weight. You're probably eating more than you think. And I say this with the most love that I have, that if you think that you are eating 1200 calories a day and you're not seeing results and you're doing that consistently, you are most likely not eating 1200 calories a day. And this is why I can say that because we have got so much data on this now. We've got so much research on self-reporting of calorie consumption. We've got so much uh, research or studies that look at average calorie needs for people. We've got all of this very, very systemized, well-controlled, gold standard studies of collecting information that gives us an accurate picture. And it's across hundreds or thousands of people. That holds more scientific weight than anything that an individual could do. You or me or anyone else. Anything anecdotal, which is just an individual story, an individual situation. It doesn't hold the same scientific weight. So in this instance, we're comparing something that has been tried and tested on thousands of people versus something that is so, so easy to misinterpret or to misrepresent. And that is not on purpose, but that's just the way that it is. There's a study, and there's actually, there's so many of these. There's multiple studies now that look at why people can't lose weight eating really, really low calories, like 1,200 calories a day. And the reason is always because they're eating more than 1,200 calories a day. And these are people who have diagnosed Uh, metabolic issues or or low-acting thyroids or they've got something that the doctor has diagnosed them that it's harder for them to lose weight because they're trying to eat 1,200 calories a day and they're not losing weight. Overwhelmingly, what happens when you put those people into experiments where it looks at exactly how many calories they actually consume in a day, exactly how many calories their metabolism burns, they find that people underreport their calories by about 40%. They also underestimate how many calories they're burning. So this one study took obese individuals who couldn't lose weight eating 1,200 calories a day, and they discovered that most of them were over were eating over 2,000 calories a day. And this is my personal story, but it, it drove the point home when I realized that I was eating so many more calories than I thought when I first started counting macros. So I, my coach told me that I needed to start off eating uh, 1,800 calories a day. And I thought, there's no way that I'm eating that much. Now, I must, I'll, I'll probably gain weight if I started eating 1,800 calories. But I actually found it was so difficult to stay under 1,800 calories I'd thought that for my entire adult life that I had a slow metabolism. 
but it made me realize that if I found it that hard to stay under 1800 calories a day, then I must have been eating much, much more than that and losing weight for the past nine or 10 months that I'd lost most of those 40 pounds. And so what I learned through that experience was that I normally ate more than 2000 calories a day, sometimes a lot more. And I always thought I was a slow metabolism person. And I had, that had been a calorie deficit for me. So most of the time, the reason that people aren't seeing weight loss, eating very, very low calories is because they have an inconsistency issue. And the thing about inconsistencies in your diet is that even if you are eating 1400 calories a day and you have these these days where you have inconsistencies that you don't really know how much you're eating or you're eating a few treats here and there or maybe you're having a couple of beers, it's very, very easy to bump your average up because you have to be in an overall calorie deficit and that has to be consistent for you to see consistent weight loss. So if we do like a few little kind of quick maths here, just to illustrate what that looks like, if you were eating 1400 calories uh, five days a week, that's going to be difficult. That's going to be 700 calories, 7,000 calories for five days. But let's say on the weekend you let loose a bit or you feel frustrated because you're not seeing progress yet and you end up having a 4,000 calorie day. And that's not hard to do. That's actually really, really easy. The average takeout meal is about 2,000 calories. That's not a burger and fries. That's like a a Thai stir fry with rice, not even including drinks. So 4,000 calories on a bit of a more relaxed day or maybe a binge day is actually on the lower uh, kind of estimate to what that could be. So let's say that you did that over two days in the week. So that's now that's 8,000 calories. So that on those two days, it was more calories eaten than the entire rest of the week combined. So if you put that weekend at 8,000 calories plus the 7,000, that adds up to 1,500 calories total for the week. So then to average that on a day, you do divided by seven. So that adds up to 2,142 calories. So Most people are not going to be gaining weight in that kind of cycle, but they probably won't be losing, right? So it's really easy to do this. And it might not be a five days on and then two days off kind of cycle. It might be that you're doing a two weeks of, you know, eating in a calorie deficit, eating those low calories, and then you give up because you haven't seen results yet especially, like I said, if you're at that lower amount of weight that you're trying to lose. So any kind of inconsistency that you have can easily push you out of a calorie deficit. And that's the main reason that people will feel like they are doing everything right and they're eating low calorie numbers, but they're not actually seeing consistent weight loss. It is a calorie issue. It's not a broken metabolism issue. So the question is then, well, where are those excess calories coming from? Most people, it's their inconsistency. It's the long-term actually sticking to it. And then there are some people as well that their day-to-day lifestyle is actually not getting them into a consistent calorie deficit. So we'll talk about that as well. So we talked about the fact that the scales are not an accurate measure of whether you are losing weight in the short term. So they're not a good way of measuring whether you actually are in a calorie deficit over the short term. Over the long term, if you're still not seeing weight loss, it's not about getting everything right 
It's not about following rules. It's really about is what you're doing effective and even if you are doing quote unquote everything right, what really matters is that you get into a calorie deficit. We also talked about the fact that most people, if they are not losing weight, it's because they are eating more than they think. And that is normally because of inconsistency in their diet. And I'm not saying that that is your specific problem, but after talking to hundreds of people, for most, when they get really honest, it is. The other thing that can happen where you are sure that you're doing everything right and you're not getting into a calorie deficit is you're not actually doing everything right. You're obviously not because you're not in a calorie deficit anyway, but let's have a look at what that means. You might be super consistent with your diet, but your day-to-day calories are not actually getting in you into a calorie deficit because they're maybe they're around that 2,000 or 2,200 range or maybe even higher, or maybe they're at that kind of 1,800 calorie range, and that is not a calorie deficit for you. Whatever the actual number is, much, much less relevant than what's actually happening in your body and using whether you're in a calorie deficit or whether you're seeing weight loss as the ultimate in terms of feedback. Because like we've looked at, calorie counting and knowing how many calories you're actually eating can most of the time, is most of the time, really, really inaccurate. So some of the best practices to be assessing on the day-to-day basis are things like, am I eating a whole foods plant-based diet? And this is really important because, and it's a problem that I see a lot of people is that they, just because they're eating a low fat diet, they think that they're automatically going to see weight loss and they've still got very high calorie elements in their diet. They've got things like lots of dried fruit or flour, so things like cereals, crackers, breads. Uh, they're cooking with kind of breads or they're adding flour to things and or they're doing a really really healthy kind of way of eating where they're eating you know lots of nuts and seeds and tahini and dried fruit higher calorie elements and they're not seeing results on that because they're not getting into a calorie deficit and this is why it's really important that you're eating a whole foods plant-based diet and I would assess that based on you know, whether that was a consistent whole foods diet as are you eating things that are in that 100 calories per pound to probably about 600 calories per pound in terms of calorie density. And those are things like vegetables at the lower end of the scales. So a vegetable, most vegetables average out at about 100 to 200 calories per pound. That means they're incredibly low in calorie density because they're mostly made up of water. Fruits come in at about 200 to 300 calories per pound. At the higher level of fruits, you've got things like banana. And then the low level of fruits like berries, they're pretty much the same calorie density as vegetables. So even within that, it's a range. Don't worry about it in terms of whether you eat a banana versus whether you eat a blueberry. That is not most people's problems. Most people's problems is the Ben and Jerry on the weekends. But going up that calorie density scale You've next got things like potatoes and sweet potatoes, after which are about 400 calories per pound. And then after that, you have things like whole grains, which is your rice, your, your whole wheat, your barley, all of those kind of things. Flour is not in that category. And these are whole grains that are cooked with water once they're cooked with water. So dry oats are not in that category either. Dry oats will be much, much higher in calorie density because they're designed to have water added. 
So after that, you've got things like your legumes, which are about 600 calories per pound. And that's things like chickpeas, kidney beans, pinto beans, black beans, edamame, any kind of beans. Or I think peas, peas are more like 400 calories per pound. But these are what would be considered your whole foods. And I have a little bit of fat in my diet. I've never said that I'm no fat. So I'll have about half to a whole avocado a day or have uh, a few nuts and seeds in there as well, which are much higher in calorie density. And I'm fine with eating condiments and things like that because it's a really, really small amount. But I'm mostly eating foods or the bulk of my meals are foods below that 600 calories per pound mark. And if you want to get a calorie density chart, then literally just Google it. It's really, really easy to find. So when you're thinking about Am I doing everything right? What I want you to think about in terms of your day-to-day diet is how much of the food that I'm eating is in that uh, that low calorie density spectrum. At realistically, how much am I actually eating in there? And then if you are eating 100% of the food in there, then it's going to come down to tweaking a few things to get into a calorie deficit again. Okay, so these are the factors for why you could be doing everything right but the scales aren't budging. So what do you do next? Number one is assess your goals. And this is really for anyone who is in that latest stage of weight loss. Because if you've only got five pounds to lose, or maybe it's 10 pounds to lose, then it's going to take a lot to get down to that visible abs, super lean physique that you probably see a lot of people on Instagram having. If you're trying to get below 20% body fat, and I'm about 21%, maybe 22% body fat, it's going to be tough. So you're going to have to really reduce your calories even further to get into a calorie deficit again. And that may not be worth it for you. It's not worth it for me at this time. So that will be the first thing to do. Assess your goals. If you've got quite a lot of weight to lose, then by all means, look at how you can assess that. But if you're just trying to use those vanity pounds, then it might not be worth it to reduce your calories more. Because remember what we said about being in a calorie deficit, that's what it's going to take. And when you've already reduced your calories as low as you can go without going hungry, doing that again is going to have a major detriment to your life. So number two is to get really clear on your current situation. So the first thing is to assess whether you actually are making progress or not. And that would be to give your time that you're doing what you're doing at least a week to two weeks to see if there is movement on the scales and then track other ways of measuring progress as well. Get an idea of where you're sitting. Are you losing weight but really slowly? So that means you're in a calorie deficit, just not much of one. Are you not losing weight at all? In which case you are maintaining your weight. Are you gaining weight? In which case you are in a calorie surplus. So get clear on your current situation so that you can know how you can assess from there or what to do next. Number three is get realistic about your consistency and adjust there first. Because adjusting your consistency is going to be the thing that causes the least amount of stress on a day-to-day basis and a lot of people find that if they just adjust their consistency on the weekends or what they're eating late at night 
then they can lose weight quite easily without having to change a lot of other things. It all comes down to what you do on a daily basis is going to have the biggest effect on your life. So rather than trying to change everything on your day-to-day, if you already feel like you're doing everything right, then focus on those inconsistencies first because that's not going to feel like a huge effort or a huge struggle compared with reducing your calories on a day-to-day basis. So there's a great app that I used to recommend. It was called the U8 app or the 8 app, which helped you to take a picture of every meal and then you could either say that it was on plan or off plan and you could set your own goals for it. They no longer offer that for free, so if you want to pay for it, you can. But there's another app called the Feast app, which uh, I've been recommending now and a lot of people in Lean With Plants are using it. It's basically like a visual diary of everything that you're eating. If you're wanting to get realistic about what your consistency looks like, I recommend tracking through that app. All it is is taking a picture, maybe writing out what you had of everything that you're eating for a two-week period. Why? It's like an audit of your actual diet. And this is going to help you get clear about where your inconsistencies are and where you need to tweak next. I recently did a time audit and I was shocked at how much time I was spending on Instagram as opposed to YouTube. And I keep saying, you know, I want to spend more time on YouTube. YouTube is where I can reach people better or I can share the message easier. It's more visual, it's more savable, all this stuff. And yet I was spending twice the amount of time on creating Instagram posts, which really don't live on very well. (laughs) So it was really good for me to realize that even though I'd set this goal to spend more time on YouTube and less time on Instagram, that wasn't actually reflected in where I was spending my time. So this is kind of like that. It's like doing a time order. It's like doing like a spending tracking or anything like that. Getting an accurate idea of what you're actually doing. And over that time, don't try and change anything. Try and keep it as normal as you would on your day-to-day basis. Don't try and make yourself look better over that time because you're not going to get as much of an accurate depiction if you do that. So Simply make a commitment that over a two-week period, you're going to take a picture of everything that you do and then either categorize it as on plan or off plan. And then you'll be able to come up with a percentage at the end, which gives you your overall consistency percentage. And if you want to know how to choose whether something is consistent or not, then look at those kind of guidelines. Is it under that 600 calories per pound in terms of calorie density? Is it a whole food? And if it's not, then say that that is off plan or say that is inconsistent because that's where a lot of calories are going to be coming from and it's going to help you to know where to assess. It's not about judgment. It's not about getting it right. It's just about getting some accurate data so that you know how to tweak and change and where to do that. So after you've got consistent or you've gotten realistic about your consistency, then start tweaking your diet to lower the calorie density. Start with that consistency. If you notice, okay, well, realistically, I'm at 70% consistency, start trying to get that to 90% or 95% consistency as a first place to start. And then once you've done that, then start looking at lowering the calorie density in your day-to-day diet. So that's eating less processed food if you're eating any, it is eating more vegetables, it's decreasing the higher calorie foods. Uh, If you want to go listen to the second episode 
of this podcast, then I talk about how to do that and how people eat a relatively consistent uh, amount of volume. So you want to be eating more of those lower calorie dense foods, less of those higher calorie dense foods, and that's going to help you to tweak your diet. And just to let you know, tweaking your diet is something that we cover super in depth in the Lean of Plants course. It's not really something that I can fully explain on a podcast because most of it is about understanding how to self-report on your own data. So if you are wanting to know how to tweak your diet, how to assess your consistency and how to actually get consistent, then make sure that you're on the wait list to join Lean of Plants. We'd love to have you in there and help you to lose weight like we have helped hundreds and hundreds of women do so far. So the fifth thing is to increase your NEAT. Remember how I briefly talked about all these different elements that contribute to your overall calorie burn? NEAT is one that you have a lot of influence over. So think about ways that you can increase your movement throughout the day. That could be things like standing at a standing desk rather than sitting. I'm at a standing desk right now and the floor is creaking every time I move around. So how can I walk to more places? How can I fidget more? How can I play with my kids on the trampoline more? All of these things that you can do to increase your NEAT on a daily basis and make that part of your lifestyle could add hundreds of calories to your calorie burn. So it's a way of getting into a calorie deficit or increasing your likelihood of getting into a calorie deficit, even if nothing in the food department changes. So do this as part of how you tweak your diet to get the scales to budge again. And then number six is the really, really important part of actually reviewing what you've done and interpreting the data from where you've made changes and then adjusting again. It's very unlikely that you're going to make one change and then fix everything forever so that you're always in a calorie deficit. Well, you don't want to always be in a calorie deficit because you you would die, you would starve. But you're going to need to have this process of assess, experiment, interpret. And you're probably going to have to do that again and again and again. You are going to have to do that again, actually. I have to do that every time that my habits start to slip. I have to look at where are they slipping, why are they slipping, and then I've got to make an action plan for how to get back on track. And I've got to assess whether that's working or not. So you're going to need to start to do the same thing. So get comfortable and Get into this understanding that you need to, you're going to need to actually assess what you've done and see where it's working. So if you do all of this stuff and it's still nothing has changed, then do it again. That's what it's going to take. But more importantly, what you're going to find is that it's less about doing these things and then it working or not working and more about how do you actually keep doing these things when you don't want to? How do you stop self-sabotaging? How do you stop giving in to temptation when you said like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. That's the real game here. The game is not acting like a robot or like software and then just taking all that data and then, you know, saying, well, we're going to tweak here, 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 here. It's more about how can I get consistent over the long run? How can I create habits? And that's the real game. That's what we teach in Lean of Plants. That is our jam. That is the thing that I'm most obsessed and passionate about because it is where all of this needs to come from. And pretty much the entire podcast is set up this way to help you to build consistent habits. So if you're wondering how to do that, take a little scroll through and see Uh, some of the podcast titles because they're going to help you to do just that. 
Alright, so that is what to do if you are doing everything right, but the scale is not budgeting yet. Budging? I can't believe I said budgeting. Budging yet. I hope that you've enjoyed the episode and I would love to hear what your action step is from this. You can DM me on Instagram and I will be thrilled to hear from you. I also love to hear if you have any ideas for things that you want covered in the episode. Instagram or email is the best place to reach me. And as I always say, I so, so appreciate everyone who leaves a review. It really, really helps the podcast get out to more people. So thank you so much for everyone that does that. It's really easy. So if you haven't done it yet, you can. And Lean of Plants will be opening again on the 26th of January. So if you are not on the wait list, Follow the link in the description so you can hop on that and join the amazing Lean of Plants family. Learn how to create consistent habits and lose weight without rules for life. Have a great day, my friend, and I will see you next week for another episode. Bye.